0: And Karl-Heinz Riedle 1-0 for Borussia Dortmund.
1: back again here.
0: Yet again, they level with the world champions.
2: So, welcome back to another German Football Podcast and this season it's finally over uh, for the Bundesliga after and the Zweite and the Drittliga, You know, all 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 seasons are over in German football. It's great. It's great to well, it's not great because we don't get to see it anymore. But we get to talk about the the, the last second leg of the relegation playoffs for the to get promoted into the Bundesliga and to get promoted into the Zweite Liga. So we're joined by the. Spite Bundesliga podcast guys we've got Matthew over in Australia very early in the morning so I feel terrible about doing this but Matthew how are you you doing are you okay are you awake can you function
0: Uh, (laughs) barely but but yeah as as the podcast progresses I'll grow so you know I get better as the as the episode goes on so I'll be good I'll put you last in the
2: round of people who ask uh, questions to then, I'll I'll put you (laughs) at the end. So then they may just get around to it. (laughs) But that's good good to hear, good to to see you again. Uh, Ava, how are you doing? And I hope, I'm assuming sunny Bielefeld because it's sunny in Um, So I hope, assuming you're the sun as well.
1: Yeah, and uh, naturally first day of summer, I've managed to burn my back. Like I, I have the colors of cologne now on my back, like <laughs> very white and red. This is how it looks like. It hurts like hell. I don't know how I slept last night <laughs> because basically it hurts. But it's sunny, so I won't complain too much. um Also, like the the numbers are going down for COVID cases here in Finland. Finally, so basically more opening up here. So it was actually great seeing people back in the cafes because that's something I really missed. So yeah. I'm fine very glad football is now over because that that Champions League game really it did me no good this marshmallow performance and then like I mean I had a bet with a friend that we're going to drink a shot each time there's going to be a goal scored Timo Werner had something against that he was like nah no drinking today for you guys so yeah that was a very sad Saturday for me in <laughs> not so yeah I'm just very glad that the season is over.
2: Yeah definitely it's been a very long year and to end on that note must have been <laughs> difficult but I'm getting the feeling of the the sunburn as well I mean being Scottish and, and 20 degrees is like Australia for us, you know. Matthew probably thinks this is freezing. Uh we're looking at this, uh, and I'm getting burnt. I've got a big red kind of circle in my head for some reason. Don't know why. Just that random circle on my forehead has gone red, but it's fine. We'll we'll go through. I think Colin's much more paler than me, so he'd probably be worse over here. But Colin, how you doing? Mate? Uh, good to good to see you again.
3: I'm broken. It's been twenty degrees here two days in a row. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's twenty four degrees tomorrow. How how am I gonna sleep? I don't know. Like, it's it's too much. I'm I mean, not used
2: I, to it. I mean, Matthew, I don't want to ask you what the, the... I don't know why we're talking about the weather now, but we're talking about the weather. Like, what, what what's the weather in you? Do you want to make us, like, feel terrible for saying that 24 degrees is, is very difficult to live in?
0: Well, as we're hitting the first day, the second day of winter, I mean, it's 14 degrees right now. Oh, and wow. And it's been pissing down with rain for the last, like, four hours. So... um. No, but uh, it, it is nice to know that it, when it's 20 or 24 degrees for people, they consider that hot. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so, enough.
2: To, uh, we, we just don't do well on this one, do we, Colin? But um, that's why we never qualify for major tournaments that take place and. In- Nice locations. We only qualify for tournaments to take place in Scotland. <laughs> and uh, like that's where all our games are going to be played. But anyway, we'll get into the actual part of what this podcast has been to be about um, now. So the, the really gassy on, uh, playoff matches. Uh, we'll start with the, the, the Bundesliga's Vital match. Well, we were all kind of wrong, weren't we? Well, I definitely was. I was so... Um... <coughs> Did not expect that at all. Um,
1: Slightly. 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 slightly.
2: I mean, did anyone predict that? Um, I mean, Eva, we'll come to you first then. Um, I mean, did you predict 5-1? Like, in your head later on, did you say 5-1, goals for Anderson? Definitely going to happen.
1: Sure. I was so sure this is going to end, like, with six goals in the end that I thought, well, if you miss the first five minutes, nothing is going to happen then. Because i have saying the first leg. Nothing will happen. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I've literally never ran up from like the bottom of another street to my street. With like groceries in my hand. Because a lot of people were writing me. It's 1-1. It's 2-1. I was like, I know. <laughs> I have a live ticker, But I can't watch yet. <laughs> so yeah, that was. That was slightly disappointing for me, at least, for for especially Cologne fans. I bet it was a lot of emotions, like, in a very short period of time because you score very early on in the game, of course. And I think the first four goals, or at least three goals, were headers. So that was very weird as well. And if you look at the goal scores, like... I know we know Jae Sang Lee, but he was never, in my opinion, the ones who getting gold by headers, so that was surprising. <laughs> so heads up to you there, Cologne. That that's nearly impossible. But yeah, um, I don't know. Um, you could very early on see that Kiel was not feeling great in this game. I mean, um. You had a feeling after they come back uh, after the first Cologne goal. It's going. It's going to be a very interesting game. But basically, after the two one for Cologne, yeah, they didn't bring much on the pitch, which is not surprising. I mean, we spoke about that last time, um, and and Matt and I spoke about that a lot of um, a lot of times in the podcast. Um, they're just done. They don't have. A lot of capacity anymore you could really see that and I mean they had um, Sarah missing out due to an injury and you could really see that in front that there was a guy missing I mean of course Mühling came back but Riese played some kind of lone strike in a very weird way from time to time so that didn't really work because he's a good player but not in that way so yeah they they didn't I mean they they had a couple of shots on target but only like three and Cologne had 11 so this was really going to them I think they scored more goals than they like I can't remember they've ever scored five goals this season I think they only scored like more than two goals a couple of times so that was already yeah yeah I think as a Cologne fan, you wondered if this would if we if we would have Ananda that could have played for the whole season. He actually scored two goals in this one. Um, what could have been, honestly, but on the other side, you you shouldn't hang that up too high because it's still it's Vizela side who has been through a lot in the last couple of weeks and days. So yeah, for for Kiela, I do feel sorry, but um, you have to say from this. Um, from this game, it was deserved that Cohen stayed up.
2: Yeah, a lot of emotions, as you say, like going through that first, I mean, six minutes. It's just crazy when a, a game does that, especially a game that I think we all expected to be a bit, not, not dull, but like low scoring. And to have more goals in the first three minutes than Cohen could manage within four games sometimes this season was very, very difficult. Um, Colin, Come to you next. If you you look at it from the the Kiel perspective, it's would you say it's it's a disappointing end to the season, or is it just another step in maybe progression, knowing that like they were they were they, they probably could have got promoted quite easily um, at the weekend, but it just wasn't meant to be. When sometimes the Bundesliga side shows up for the first six minutes, <laughs> basically. But um, for the Kiel perspective, should they be disappointed, or do you think they should look at that as a progressive um, style?
3: Well, uh, t- talking about our predictions, I uh, had no, no, is my prediction. <laughs> I thought it was just going to play out, no, no, boring game. But and also, I was watching the game first before going round to uh, someone's house, and I was like, I hope this doesn't go at extra time. And then, but like after about four minutes, it was like, okay, it's one each. That it's not going to go at extra time, so no worries there. But yeah, for Keel, it was. It is disappointing, not so much like it's an underachievement that they haven't got promoted, although I think they, on the basis of this season, they could well have deserved promotion, but just they've fallen to really be victims of circumstance with the quarantine. I think, like, easily could have been promoted automatically if they hadn't had to play so many games in such a short period of time. And, yeah, like, you could see in the game, particularly in the second half, just you thought the crowd would roar them on, but the crowd are quite quickly silenced, I thought, because Cool, after about six minutes, already had two away goals, which really, for, for the tie, that, that set it up quite diff- in quite a difficult uh, way for them. So the crowd were quite quite silenced early on, I thought. So, yeah, and just the second half got more and more lethargic. Cairn did quite well when running the game down with winning fouls, which I thought Cairn did well in the first leg, but yeah, it was just too much for Kiel in the end. So to answer your, your question, like I, th- I think they will be disappointed the way things have played out, but next season they'll look to push on again.
2: Yeah, and Matthew, you, you posed the question, like, do Cairn need to change their tactics going into the second leg? And they obviously did, they made a lot of changes. Um, like exchanges, we all said that they probably needed. How do you think that was the the, the the pivotal part of why they won that game so convincingly from the first after the first ten minutes, or do you think it was just down to to Keel looking a bit leggy and um, looking like with players missing out that it just wasn't going to be for them? You, which, which side would you look at it for that that's why the result happened?
0: I mean, it was a bit. It's a bit of both. I mean, tactically, Keon was certainly a lot better. And they had a better structure. You look at, I guess you look at having a recognized striker who makes an impact. He scores twice in the first half. We talked about how he was going to to play a role just, just from a structural standpoint to have a recognized striker up top. And then you look at how Keel were lining up and, you know, Fabian Reza spent most of the season playing on a wing as a left winger or playing on the right, but never really playing as that, that number nine, which, you know, really showcases the lack of depth that they had at that position specifically probably was a bit surprised that, that Oliver didn't go with Lee as the false nine. It's something he's done over the last couple of seasons and it's worked for him um, with Lee popping up to score, which he did in this game. But yeah, it it, it became pretty critical when, when Cohen who spent the majority of the season being unable to score against really poor Bundesliga sides uh, or taking a long time to break them down when they score Was it four goals in the first half. There's definitely a lot to read into that. And yeah, I mean, Anderson really, you know, that's, that's what they, they brought him over to do was to just be that big fella in the box who can head him in. And, you know, he was there when, when Curl needed them. But I think one thing that hasn't been t- spoken of is, that goal from Rafael Chicos was unbelievable. I mean, you don't expect a centre half to 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 put one in like that, and yeah, you once once he scored that, I think you you knew it was it was never going to be Kiel's day. Yeah,
2: I mean, Chicos has been a player that I've kind of questioned a lot this season, and um maybe if he is up to the the Bundesliga standard. But that goal was something else. It just it's some some players do that to you. Like they, you don't think they're good enough, but they'll score one goal like that, or they'll do something really good one time, and then you just you just forget about the fact that their performances aren't that <laughs> probably haven't been that great this season. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, like um, you know, like you say, what the obviously we're going to change uh, things. The are we don't say we. are obviously going to be changing things up um, from the the summer, so it'll be interesting to see how they they <laughs> they take. Probably poor advice from this season and make that better going into the next season. But thinking of, thinking ahead into the next season, um, Eva, looking at Kiel, there's obviously a few players that look like they're going to leave. I think um, uh, Lee's definitely t- to leave and uh, Sarah's going to leave. How do you see them setting up next season considering the fact that they've been so impressive that team everyone wanted to go up? Do you see them being able to a bit of um, consistency and momentum to stay in this kind of capacity next season? Or do you think that the league overall might be too strong um, and they might just not make that um, kind of promotion fight again next year? Hard to say just now, obviously. This season's just finished. But...
1: <laughs> well, obviously, uh, we ha- will have a lot of teams, or at least a couple of teams, that will have that form of restructure, Um Come the new new season. I mean, we we see it at Werder Bremen, of course, but also Darmstadt, who will now look for a new manager, seeing as Markus Anfang now finally uh, left for for Bremen. Uh, so they will need a new coach. Um, so there are a couple of teams who need a new manager, first of all, and then of course, um, look at like Darmstadt, who will go into the season without Doozoon. Um, Hannover needs restructuring like just generally <laughs> um, you never know with HSV, well. so I think the good thing is that Kiel once again can work in the shadows so the pressure will not be on them but we've also seen a couple of teams Kiel included actually um, but like look like at Braunschweig for example um, that really struggled after they, they've been in that playoff Um also because maybe financially, I mean, we know that the Zweite Liga gets less money as the, the Bundesliga, so that would have meant at least a bit more money to actually create a new squad as well. So, yeah, it's going to be difficult for them. But seeing that Kiel has been more or less consistent in those top 10, top 8 kind of kind of teams... I do think there will be good work being done, especially if Olivera stays. I mean, he's not going to be number one at at Kiel now. I can't really uh, at Bremen. Sorry, um, I can't really see him going to any other zweite Liga club because I wouldn't really know which one. I mean, all the other big clubs already have coaches so I mean if he stays at Kieler like goes to Darmstadt also it really wouldn't make a difference so yeah it's going to be difficult year but they're not alone in this and I think that's one of their, their wins yeah
2: yeah that can be definitely important for them um I'd be interested to see how they, they fare next season but it could be a very interesting Tvital season anyway so I think just to be involved in that might be more exciting you know you never know they might they might enjoy it more um, Colin, um, the kind of opposite question to you. Do you? How, we we kind of spoke about it before about term go down. Might would have been a good thing to for the restructuring and getting rid of players and maybe deadwood players and the staying up. Obviously staying in the Bundesliga. Which one do you think was actually better for them in the end? Like, do you think staying up's actually a better to, to you know? Um, host held the left as well uh, recently. So like, what's What's next for Kelm, Do you think after winning that game?
3: Kelm have been relegated about six times in the last twenty-five years or something. Like okay, I think it just <laughs> thanks. <laughs> they got they got relegated in two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, two thousand eighteen, yeah. and they came back up, and nothing really changed. So I don't I don't really buy into that argument that going down for Coulomb would have been a good thing. Just, I think the way things, finances are just now as well, just things are so tight for certain clubs, the debts that clubs are building up, and I, I don't see relegation as a good thing. I think it is a good thing that they manage to stay up. Um, it's just a, yeah, a case of learning from this, because you've, you've just seen other clubs like Bayer Bremen last year, Hamburg in previous years, they've, they've survived, but they've not really learnt from their lessons whether they have, the, well, they have the budget to buy better players and improve the squad. I think they have been unfortunate this year with Anderson being injured most of the year. So they have been missing that striker. And the loan deal for Dennis didn't work in January, so that added to their worries. It's just a case of a bit more luck on their side With if Anderson's fit for the whole next season. It reminds me a lot of actually, just going back to Berta Brown, it reminds me a lot of um, the situation with Fulkrug in the last couple of years, how much they've missed him and how they've struggled for goals. Anderson could have easily turned into the same scenario. So you hope that Anderson can keep his fitness next season because he saw what he can deliver in the second leg there. But they need a backup as well. I think that's the, le- the lesson they should learn because there wasn't really the sufficient attack and depth in the squad this time. And I think that's the key for next season.
2: Yeah, and I suppose, Matthew, if you kind of uh, bring it all together with yourself, looking at both teams, who do you think will go on to have the more maybe successful season? Uh, looking at both teams, probably a difficult question, uh, but like thinking of how both teams, like Eva uh, and Colin have, have said, both teams need to do some sort of change um, because of players going out or players needing to go out. Uh, which team for you probably has the better capabilities to go and do that next season and have um well be more successful than either club and respective leagues?
0: It is a tricky question because, of course, Cohen will have a new manager at the start of next season being Stefan Baumgart. And I think it'll be interesting to see what style of football he implements at FC because as we saw in the year that Paderborn were in the Bundesliga, he was very null to the concept of change. He likes his teams to play one way and that's, really aggressive attacking really bold football it's really exciting to watch but if you don't have a good defensive structure which let's face it Cone really don't it will lend itself to a lot of concessions so the one thing that you look at for Cone is that they need <clears throat> a backup striker and some defensive help we mentioned chicos before and in my assessment of watching him over the last few years, he's not at the standard to play Bundesliga football. In my opinion, that's just, you know, I've, I think he's, he would be a very, very good Spider Bundesliga player. I could imagine that he would do really well at Bremen for next season. Um, and that's someone that, you know, Anfang Fang, who he brought over from Kiel to, to Köln, um, that would be someone that I would identify if I was Anfang. But anyway, I, um, in terms of Kiel, they obviously would also need a striker with Yanni Serra going to Bielefeld, the worst-kept secret. We've known this since January, that he was going to Armenia. Um, and, you know, replacing his goals would be quite tricky. There are a couple of really good Bundesliga strikers that they could go with. Someone like, you know, that is affordable, Kevin Behrens, even though he's in his mid-30s. Um, you know, Philip Hoffman will probably end up at Hamburg maybe they go for Andreas Albers from, from the young Regensborg, you know, he was the only player on that squad to go into double figures. So, you know, and also can they replace the creativity of Lee, 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 song They've got a lot of questions. It's really hard without being able to assess what the squads will look at, look like in six weeks time when we do it all again. So, um, at the moment, I'm gonna say curl only because, as Eva mentioned before, teams that have lost in the Spider-Bundesliga play in that playoff game in, against the Bundesliga side, they typically have a tougher time the following season.
1: that might add to to what Matthew said. I mean, we have a very interesting constellation at Cologne now as well, with Horsehead leaving. Um, you don't really know if Stefan Baumgart knows knew about this beforehand. Um, because I mean, manager and like that position of, of sport manager, or whatever you want to call it, uh, they work together very tightly, especially when it comes to forming a new squad and can need a new guy on that position very, very fast. Because the rest of the the league will not say, well, we just wait on bidding on players and stuff until you found your guys to do that. Um, and what Matthew said. Um, I don't know how well it will work to have a team that did not score a lot of goals in, in the last season to implement the way of football very fast into because I actually seen this at Bielefeld. We had a very defensive team with um, uh, Norbert Meyer actually that he, he built a lot on, on defensive structure and then they got Rüdiger Rehm in and he had completely different um understanding of football and we've actually scored a lot of goals so similar to what um what Baumgart wants but we also conceded a lot of goals I remember a lot of four fours and three threes and all that so and that was that's something we've seen under Baumgart in the Bundesliga as well I mean Parabon games always were in for a lot of goals in the in the Bundesliga. I mean, I think nobody in Paderborn will ever forget their 3-3 against um Dortmund, of course. But that's something with that you don't have that kind of self-confidence in the team that you had with Paderborn as a promoted side. So it's actually going to be very interesting how he can yet yeah, translate that into a team that is Bigger that has more ex- experience in in the Bundesliga as well, but also has a fan scene who will not let that slide very easily. Although I don't want to like say anything against Paderborn in that matter, but obviously Cologne and Paderborn are very different. Uh, we've seen that. I mean, when they got uh, relegated last, that that whole black wall of smoke um, is always put up as well. So yeah. Um, I think that Baumgart can more easily than Werner just bring a new impulse to the, or just bring that into the team. But um, yeah, I I would rather go with uh, Kiel actually, because I think they, yeah, just they don't need to do that and Kern really needs to do better than the last two years.
2: Uh, Definitely. It's It's going to be so interesting next season looking at these two teams because there's so many... Similarities and what they need to do, but there's so many differences in how they're going to achieve it. I wasn't going to ask, um, Colin, but uh, I want to know your opinion now. If you can, you can split it. Um, what you think? Um, you know, are uh, you do you think of the curl and think of the keel? Uh,
3: no, I thought there were some good points there, particularly uh, about the whole situation of Bunga and how he'll implement a totally different tactical style, and he probably has. They probably had more of a free reign at Paderborn to do that because there wasn't the pressure from like the fan base. And I think Kuln, very quickly, like pressure could build on a coach. And it's, it's a lot more about results because I think that would have applied whatever happened in the playoff whether they get relegated or not, because if they got relegated and Baumgart was trying to get promoted with them, promotion really is the be-all and end-all at the end of the season in the same way that safety is in the Bundesliga. So... It will get to a point that the tactical style and going forward won't really matter if the results aren't being delivered. But, uh, there's not the same leeway that he would have had at Parabon. And to add to that, with the confusion about the new sporting director that's going to be coming in for like transfers, it's all the situation's quite unclear for both clubs, to be honest, because there's going to be so. With Keel, there's going to be so much turnover, and with Curl, you don't even know who's going to be going out to buy the players. So it's difficult to say. It. I'm, I'm, sl- I'm uh, sort of siding with Keel for this one because I, I don't see Curl really learning too much from this. A previous experience just tells me that. Well,
2: I'll make a stalemate and go with Curl then. Um, well, surprise, what? surprise. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, if I have to choose Curl or choose Curl. Um, but, yeah, no, it's weird. You, so we can, you can make that comparison with Celtic. You look at... Um, they have their sporting director in, but no manager. Their sporting director is rugby-orientated, orienta- so you wonder where they're coming from. So, it's, yeah, it was a good point you actually brought up. Here, but like, where is where's that going to come from? They've got one player coming in with lubicic from Rapid Vienna, and you don't know if that was a Gisdol sign and a Funko sign and a Helt, you know help coming together. Now, none of them are actually in the club. So it could be really... Really interesting coming into the, the summer um, of where Köln are going to go and obviously with Kiel as well. But I think we've, we've kind of we've went through the, the first game quite a bit now. So we'll move into the, the second game of the weekend that happened on Sunday um, between Osnabrück and Ingolstadt, which provides us again with more goals than we maybe, well, maybe more goals from Osnabrück than we maybe thought of. Um, but obviously Ingolstadt will be his Vitaliga uh, next season. Matthew, what was your thoughts on the game? Obviously, you know they were they, they gave us that shock at the start of the same way Kiln did with the early goal, and you were thinking, "Hmm, surely not." And then the, the second goal went in, you're like, "Oh, come on, surely not!" But then that killer away goal uh, basically killed the tie off anyway. But what was it? What were you? Th- what was your thoughts on the game as a whole anyway, from both sides' point of view? Yeah, I
0: really, I really liked the way Osnabrück really took the game on from the outset they we, we kind of mentioned in the first leg um coming into the second leg that Osdebrook aren't a very competent possession based team but they've that first half was easily the best first half they've played all season like it's not even close um you know their ability to get get into really good spaces um Behind that Ingolstadt defence, you look at the first goal, was really there was really good build-up play before Adini made the ball into an excellent um, run from Haider. And then the second goal is just a corker, really, a bolter from the blue, again, from Mark Haider. And, yeah, there was a real belief that they could get it on. But, it, you know, Ingolstadt were very patient. They were more than happy to, to absorb the pressure. And especially when there's only a goal, the difference, you know, after, what, 25 minutes in the tie after having a three-goal advantage, you know, you could make the fair assumption that there were going to be cracks, but they stood steadfast defensively. And, yeah, Ingolstadt getting that away goal, that really, you know, made it very difficult because it did require Osnabrück having to score another three goals to win. Um, But, yeah, I think... I think in the second half you look at Osnabrück and they just didn't do enough. You know, the energy kind of the energy level dropped. And even though the uh, twenty three hundred and fifty people that were at the stadium were trying to rev them on it, just yeah, they they, they kind of ran out of answers really quickly in that second half, and Ingolstadt did enough. Yeah, and Eva, we said that like last week um that it looked like you know
2: during that first game, English looked like the Zweite Liga side, and Osnabrück looked like the Dritte Liga side. Did that change in any way for you for the the second leg, or did you, even though Osnabrück, you know went for it, they they, they did what they needed to do the first twenty minutes, but do you still did you still see the difference in the quality of the sides at all? I
1: would say in, in this game it was more like um, they were both uh, Zweite Liga sides, but like bottom Zweite Liga, and because you had that. Of course, that kind of yeah play get yeah, just character in it. It's, um, you could see that also. It's um, I think you saw it at at Osnov, like, or just heard it at Östersund like, a bit more than you heard it at Kiel or or Ingolstadt. What fans could really do, I do think they had an impact in the in the beginning. But uh, as Matthew said, um, in the end, it wasn't enough. And you could also argue, I mean, if you just look at the, the tackle success, it's at 41% for Osnovic and at 59% um, for, for Ingolstadt. And I mean, statistics do not explain the whole game, but just this is al- always one of the statistics you could point at if you say, well, which team wanted it more? And if you don't win the tackles, it's already it's very difficult to actually win a game on, on the I mean they won the game but they didn't do enough. And um yeah you could I, I remember because Matthew and I watched a game together, we said after the know, no matter what happens, Ingolstadt cannot score a goal because we don't see us and we're confident enough to really fight back, and I mean, they had, first two, 10 to 15 minutes were good, and then the last 10 to 15 minutes, but just, I mean, if you only score three goals out of 16, I mean, yeah, 16 shots on target, I think, or, yeah, then, or at least shots, then do a bit more out of that, and um, I think the only player I really liked throughout the whole game was Ludovic Reis. Um, I do think hopefully at some stage we will see him back at the in the zweite liga. I don't think well I mean there there are other teams I know that um Hamburg, Hannover, they might be interested in in a player like him because um you could see in this game what he can actually do, what an impact he can have. And I mean he will if he has a say in it, if he plays um for the for the second team for Barcelona or for the zweite liga team with a I mean, some kind of purpose of playing Bundesliga or being for a promoted side, I don't know, I would pick the, the, the latter. Um, just just my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, um, in general, I felt sorry for Osnabrück because they they really put up a great fight. But in the end, um, Ingolstadt, they just said, okay, just in the, like in the first game, we're going to give Osnabrück all the possession. We've seen in the first leg, they don't do a lot of it with this. They did a bit more with this in in this game, but still, um, yeah, English had looked very confident. And especially in the second half, they had a couple of chances to to score the second or third goal as well.
2: Yeah, and Colin, looking at, uh, like, from the English that kind of point of view, when it went, I don't know what country you managed to watch this game in, by the way, because I know you have difficulty with uh, getting a lot of the games. I mean, you can tell us which country you managed to get the VPN for. Brazil last week. I got
3: week. it Germany last time.
2: You got Germany? There we go. It's, it's better than watching the Brazilian one, I suppose. But, like, at 2-0 down, did you and in the second leg? Did you think Engolstadt had in them already because they had that three 0 advantage from the first leg? They probably had that mindset of we've put three past them already. We should be able to go and uh, at least get that one goal. When it went two 0 did you back? Would you have backed Engolstadt to to go and uh, win the tie overall, even though that quick well not quick but twenty minutes were already two 0 down
3: difficult to say I, I always did have that sneaking suspicion that English that would have the quality to score and the goal that they got pretty much came out of nothing it was a really good header from Phil Bia but yeah the Osnabrück they they're not like a side of great quality but they were you could tell they were sort of pushed on by the momentum of like the difference having a crowd in because yeah of all the games I've seen I think so far that was the one that I think the atmosphere has made most of a difference at least for a section of the game and at the start, it really did, because the, the, the home form this season for them has been so poor. And you wonder how much of a difference that would have made if we would have had crowds during the season. But with the, yeah, just because you knew the impact of away goals and that Osnabrück hadn't managed to get any in the first leg, you always knew that they weren't, they weren't going to carry on in the game with the same intensity for the full 90 minutes they they got they came out of the blocks those two goals in the first 20 but it was never they could never sustain that so you always knew that english would have periods of possession of the game and they did manage to get that away goal quite early on i mean that was within the first i think that was after 31 minutes so yeah that that just really put the tie to bed to be honest because english ornbrook after that like they were disheartened they did manage to get that third goal if they'd got that third goal quickly after that then maybe they could have made a greater push but it was only really because they only really managed to maintain that performance over like the st- right at the start and at the end um yeah they, they just didn't have enough but in English that with having that quality they managed to get that goal that was enough for them.
2: Cool. I um, mean, I'll pose this question to all three of you this time because it seemed to go around all three, and I loved that, and it made it. I actually got really good opinions from it. So, like, same similar sort of question, but not really. I mean, you look at Arsenal, you know, going back to the Driftle League. I mean, if you want to call them the Bayern Munich of the Driftle League, they've won the league the most times. You know, if you want. I mean, it's only twice, but it's still, it's still, it's still, a, it's still an achievement if you want to give them that. Um, you know, and then go that coming back up. Uh, I, I personally think Ingolstadt could be quite interesting next year. I don't think they're going to be, you know, like look at what happened to, to Wurzburg or fight um, going straight back down. I think they might put up more of a fight next year. We'll, it's yet to be, we'll see what happens um, once the season starts, of course. But Matthew, looking at both teams, what, what are you thinking for next season for both of them? What do you think maybe they both need to do to be successful in their respective league next year?
0: Well... I like I, I personally think it'll be Ingolstadt that will have the better season. We talked about turnover for for Köln and Kiel. And typically you look at the squad that they've got right now and there are definitely a number of players that are not going to be there starting next season. And I think of goalkeeper Philip Kuhn especially, he will have his suits as he's been part of the reason they even got to the playoffs in the first place with his brilliant goalkeeping Um so, and it'll be interesting to see if they, if they keep Marcus Feldhoff as manager, um, you know, he came in at a really difficult spell. He's won a few games, got them to the playoff, which seemed rather inconceivable when he took over, you know, for, for, our, for all our money, they were done. Um, so to get there as a whole, um, maybe enough to, they, they might think to give him a chance in, in, in this, in the Dritter Liga, um, So, yeah, I'm not entirely sure what their squad's going to look like. It may be very different to what it was this season. You look at Ingolstadt, they'll retain most of their players. I think the one that we spoke about in the first leg was Dennis Eckert-Aienza. Had they not gone up, I would have expected him to be in the squad of Bundesliga next season without question. Um, And even though this wasn't really the type of game for him to succeed, you know, he had... The potential to have a real impact, especially on the counter attack. So, I think Ingolstadt could be a, a good mid-table team next season in in the Sparta Bundesliga. Interesting to see how they tackle returning after a few years out. So, yeah, I, I think I think I'm interested to see what kind of additions they make and the, and then make a fair judgment. But at the moment, I think probably Ingolstadt are more likely to have a better season. As we know, teams that go down do have you know a tougher time going up, unlike, say, the, the championship in England.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, I mean, Ava, same kind of uh, point raised to you. Do you think, for instance, that for Osnabrug going on that terrible run they went on and then just slightly clawing it back to then losing it and going down anyway, do you think that might have an impact on the, uh, the team as a whole anyway next season, no matter what players are there? Or do you think that, you know, they're going down anyway, they're going to have to, to change things up and uh, with... It was never going to be easy, no matter how they went into the league.
1: Well, it's, it's going to be difficult for them um, next season. But I think what kind... I do you think they're more of a team than Braunschweig is, for example? I think they have a huge advantage uh, before them. Um, but the thing is, I, I do also think that there are a couple of teams in the Dritte Liga that really need to get promoted because of financially we've seen that at Braunschweig, for example that they knew when they wouldn't get promoted at some stage uh, they're going to miss out on a lot of money and so that's um, yeah that might be might be a thing next year as well and I mean you you see teams like 1860 they really want to go up next year I do think so it's going to be tough Um, but yeah I mean I think I do like what has been done at the club uh, the last past years. So I do think um, they, they will bring together a good squad at some stage, not to get promoted directly, but in the year after maybe. And for that um, same in a way that I see them as being the the team with the best financial aid, for example. I mean, Dresden and Rostock obviously... Um, yeah, do not have a sponsor behind them that, that can do all of that. And of course, um, you have, as, as Matthew for example mentioned, they have experienced players. I mean, Kojka really knows the, the Zweite Liga as well. So they, they have a couple of experienced players in the midst that, that know the Zweite Liga as well. Um, in general, I'm, it's difficult for me to say where they're going to end up. Um, because I do think we will have some kind of split le- league next season. So we don't have that um, really close, close league, like like that you have three or four teams that have the same amount of points and then somehow in midfield, but actually really have at some stage between like, I don't know, ninth and 10 or 10th and 11th, um, a, a break of like, or, or space of like 10 points at least. And then you really have, we'll see very soon into the into the season who which teams are going to fight for promotion or which are going to fight in relegation because in those two splits themselves it's going to be very tight I do believe
2: yeah point again I mean Colin what would you like to add anything else to to those points there I mean on your opinion where you're coming from who's going to who's going to adapt better basically that may be that may i see thinking about it, that would be the best way to ask that question at the very start Uh, Which is great, because I've now said it for the last part of that, but it's fine. So how do you think um, either team will adapt to the league uh, next year? Who will adapt to better?
3: I'm not used to going last, stealing all the good points. (laughs) uh, No, but uh, I don't know, Osnabrück, I think Ingolstadt, because you're aware of the financial capabilities that they have, I think they're easier to predict. I think they're quite ready-made for the vital league, that they could adapt quite well a lot of their squad could already play in the league and they will have I think they'll have the money to bolster their squad so it's a bit easier to predict that you think that they'll do well. Osnerbrook, I think will be a bit more unknown, a lot of teams that come come down from the Zvita League to the Zvita League, have to sell a lot of players there'll be a, quite a high turnover but they won't have the financial power that perhaps other relegated sides will have in previous years that you can see them bouncing straight back up. So Drita Liga in general is quite often quite an unknown quantity because there's the big clubs that you expect at the top of the league, but there's maybe smaller clubs with a bit more financial backing behind them that could could fight their way to the top. You could see the likes of, I don't know, Victoria Curling be near the top next season, Drita Liga. Uh, just for example, quite often there's just a surprise package that uh, chases for promotion. So it'll be interesting to see if Osnabruck can find themselves within that. But Ingolstadt, I think they are, as you saw in the playoff, they they already sort of turned out performances that could have you could you could have convinced me that they're as the Z side already. So I can see them adapting well. I don't think they'll be in any relegation trouble. It wouldn't completely surprise you the way that happens with, with Vital League, that they would be dark courses for promotion. That's the kind of thing that sometimes happens. Maybe I'm saying that because I don't want it to happen. But
0: um
3: yeah, d- having said that, they, they, they could they could disappoint, but I, I can see English start having a better season next year.
2: So yeah, that was both the, the, the playoff games, the relegation games, that was um both very entertaining for the the four games actually, considering the first two were well just the Kell and Keel game took a bit of time to get into. But We'll see Erste FC Köln back uh, staying in the Bundesliga, uh, Holstein Kiel staying in the Zweite Liga, but we'll have a promotion for Ingolstadt in Zweite Liga and Osnabrück in Zweite Liga next season. So, with the end of the season, I mean, we, I think we'll do a season preview, review at some point, like um, in the next couple of weeks or so. But I'll pose these two questions to you three guys, you know, at the moment. Eva, I'll go with you first. What team impressed you that wasn't promoted or a champion? From any of the leagues. Go down to league if you want, you know, go landers league like, or whatever, you know. <laughs>
1: Choose, yeah, sure. I, I have time to follow like all <laughs> the leagues every day, especially when half of the leagues were suspended at some stage. Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> no, so if we come to impressed, um well I gotta say like a general in in, in okay, they didn't get promoted or like we just say they didn't ap- end up internationally in the end it's definitely VfB Stuttgart because they got promoted they had a very young team had to um yeah really struggle with a lot of injuries injuries throughout the season and really played a solid season I mean I know that um Pellegrino Matarazzo was uh on the list of being fired on a lot of people like on that who's going to be fired first Um, he did a really solid job and I do like him because I I like the way he just understands football in a way but also just his way of explaining football to other people Um, and then from the Zweite Liga um, that's that's difficult because throughout the season we had a couple of clubs that surprised me but never really stayed at that high except Kiev maybe um, it would be maybe Darmstadt on that part but um well, seeing that they really understood that anfang football only after like half the season i mean, would put like put out in in, uh, in breaks so more, more stuttgart if it's from the first three leagues in that way
2: um, and what would you say as your team that you were disappointed with that wasn't relegated um, which team would didn't then inspire you to watch football this year Uh
1: uh-huh Hannover 96 (laughs) pretty pretty easy easy answer for me um yeah they normally they they have the money although I don't want to like Martin Kind is a very weird person or influence onto the club or like a very bad influence you could say um they did not impress me at all um I like they can be lucky that there were like four or five teams that performed even worse so yeah it's it's definitely they have handover for me here
2: yeah Good shout. yeah they, they really I think they fell off a lot of people's radars considering how bad they kind of finished the season as well and no one's really mentioned it and going into next season with all the big teams coming down and whoever being in it like you'd maybe expect like with all the north everyone's talking about the north teams no one really including Hanover, and I don't know if it's just everyone's forgotten about them now, just since like that, that terrible season. Like No one's spoken about them, really, recently, so good shout for them. I, I probably would have chosen someone similar. Um, Colin, I'm going to assume just by the top you're wearing that Ava might have stolen your sixth, um, team since they've been, you know, impressed you, but which team impressed you that wasn't the Champions, or which team disappointed you that wasn't relegated?
3: Ava did steal my team, but I've got an alternative mention and I'll go. I'll go for I'll go for Union. Um just even just on the fact that looking at my pre-season predictions and my expectations of teams, I predicted Union as I predicted Stuttgart as bottom. Oh, don't ask me, don't ask me really back. and I predicted Union as third bottom in the playoff. And both of those clubs definitely subverted expectations, particularly Union. Uh, getting into Europe, just I thought after last season that they just wouldn't have been able to keep up that form because I thought they were so one dimensional. But because like, there's so much, so much of their goals are reliant on like trimble set pieces and Anderson heading and in. Head and head. So they've lost, they'd lost Anderson, uh, and they'd lost, so they have lost that goal threat. But with Cruiser coming in and some some of the other things they have done really well. So from the Bundesliga, they were particularly impressive. And on the same vein, if you're going to look at my predictions and who performed well, in contrast to that, Karlsruhe, they did really well getting in the top half, uh, took some points off good teams. Um, they had a big hand in the re- uh, the promotion fight later on in the season, managing to beat Kiel, managing to get uh, take points off, take a point off Hamburg. And considering I thought they would just be... Similar to last season, like fighting a relegation battle. They did really well to finish where they were. And your team that was disappointing? Team, uh, well, in the Bundesliga, definitely hurt her. Like the money that's spent. In a way, it wasn't completely surprising because you just I always felt that they were they seemed to just be throwing money at players and not necessarily thinking about how they all fit together. They have these, they have t- expensive attackers like Cunha, Piontek, Cordova, but they, ha- they haven't really found a way of getting a good balance in the squad, I don't think. A few of their signings haven't worked out. Um, so, just from that, from their expectations, trying to get into Champions League in the long term, trying to aim towards the top four, which at the moment looks a mile away. But with Bobic coming in, that could change soon. But this season was really a disaster. Last season was so turbulent with all the coaching changes, and this season was probably even worse. So, I'm keeping it, we're keeping a eye, keen eye on what Hertha do from now on, but they're my most disappointing Bundesliga side. From the second tier, I also thought about Hamburg sorry, Hanover eh, from the squad that they'd managed to build. The names that they've got, fair enough, maybe not to get promoted, but considering they finished 13th, that was. Really poor considering the squad that they have.
2: So Matthew, which team impressed you? From there wasn't a champion, and which are promoted, uh, and which team disappointed you? That wasn't relegated.
0: Well, I'm going to go a bit off kilter and not pick a team from the first two divisions. I'm going to look to go. the Drita at the Drissa Liga because yeah, I'm different. Um, so I'm going to go with Ferl and nice. you know they have an incredibly small budget they're a very small club they played a good portion of the season in Paderborn which that's just really unfortunate for them um but when you when you're a, a newly promoted side to the juice league and you are the second highest goal scoring team along with Zabrücken, who should also get a shout here mm. um that's very impressive and you have two of the top five goal scorers that's mightily impressive um so for me that that You know, not having the opportunity to watch a lot of them, but catching some of their highlights on Magenta sport. They were very impressive. The fact that, you know, you look at the teams that are in that league, you look at the Kaiserslautens, the Borgs, the Magdeborgs. And, like, to finish in the top half in your first season in the Drista Liga, that's nicely impressive for me. Uh, In terms of disappointments, I'm going to say Gladbach because of the squad they have. They are much better. I know you can see the right smile on, on Roy's face. But the but you look at the squad they have and it all was going well like they were going to be going to the Champions League or at least the Europa League or even the Conference League. Um, and they completely fell off the cliff uh, once it was announced that um, he was leaving at the end of the season. That there was going to be a coaching change. Um, yeah, they completely just threw it in. The, ta- the towel was thrown and they went on one of those incredible runs where um, they couldn't beat anyone and it only took them beating Schalke to kind of not force coaching change earlier. So, um, yeah, for me, it's either Gladbach or, yeah, it's hard not to say Hanover only because I had them winning the league um, at the start of the season. So, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think, yeah, yeah, it wasn't my, one of my finer moments, but um, yeah, for me, it, it, I'll probably lean towards Gladbach, because they have a really a Champions League quality squad, and to not even qualify for Europe is pretty ordinary.
2: See, see the, the, the rice mail that you um, pointed out was because you stole mine, um, my disappointed <laughs> was a uh, Gladbach. I thought no one would have went from them, um, because they didn't you know where they finished, but. Yeah, I mean, Gladbach would be just, like, I, there's not much I can really add to what you said there already. Like, it's just that squad should be doing a lot better, and I don't think that they, even looking out with the, the, the players on the pitch, the, the way the, the Ro- Rosa to Dortmund thing happened, they just completely made the club. And there was also a lot of uh, COVID uh, things with um, Gladbach, with, like, was it Mbolo? Was um, away gallivanting, watching NBA games, and like the morning, and like jumping off roofs and stuff like that. There just was a lot went wrong. at, um, at Gladback this season, they just they just weren't good enough. And then I wanted to say, um, I I I might, I might I'm going to change it because no one's mentioned mines yet, and I think they should just get mentioned because of how well Bo Svenson has done. And I think a lot of it is Bo Svenson getting all the credit because he deserves it. But the, the, what that team did, especially losing what was their main man last season, well, the past couple of seasons in Mateta um, in January, you know, I think uh, they've they really, they, to finish where they finished, what were they, did they would they have finished? Um, I, I swear I saw something that said if they had the same start and the, start the season as they ended the season, like the same hen uh, runda, they would have... Um, finish third or fourth, if I'm right. So something like that. That's just incredible for the minds to do that. And I know they have done that in the past, but they've had a really good second half of the season. Uh, and the first half's always been a bit disappointing. But for me, mine's really impressed me going forward and Gladbach were really disappointing. So... We'll get into the really what Eva um, Matthew look very excited for. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure that you enjoyed the last time Matthew won. Obviously, um, you know that was a very good victory um, with the guessing the players from the <laughs> guessing the players um, from the lines of teams. So we change it up. I've got um, another ten questions. This is based on end of the season. So I had a wee look at. Um, I like. I quite like the way the the Bundesliga website has their stats uh, up. So we've got ten stats, and you need to see which player ended with this particular stat. So I can guess uh, one of them. Well, can I guess one of them. No, you cannot. <laughs> <because> I <laughs> want to because I think we you're-
1: all have a- the same one for that one statistic because it's actually the one that gets some kind of reward. <laughs> right, we'll get
2: to it. It's fine. Like, don't worry. Because I've picked ten of the kind of interesting ones. Um, just, just a disclaimer Lewandowski is not an answer for any of them. Thank god, why <laughs> do mix it up? So, um, well, it's going to be a shout out kind of situation again. Uh, but there's actually questions, so it makes sense this time, okay? So, who finished with the
3: top as a top assister? Who had the most assists? Thomas Muller,
2: well, a bonus point. How many did he get? 21. 18. Right, Matthew. So one to Colin, one to Matthew for this one. See, this is easier. This is so much easier. Eight. Was it eighteen? Yeah, you got eighteen. Oh mm-hmm. well,
3: no, I was looking
2: at the different. Ah, exactly. So, yeah. Right. Um, I'll leave that one because that one's funny. Um, who won the most aerial jewels?
1: Fabian like, close two
3: hundred and forty-two. play, <laughs> two points to Ava. <laughs> Fair play.
2: Who had, and I'm going to have to check how many had, because I've not written that part down, Unfortunately. Okay, there we go. So who had the most yellow cards? So this to be hard. Chekos. Yep. Mm-mm. Damn it. Um...
3: <laughs> yeah. No Stomboli
1: No oh, That's what I want
2: to go with Close Okay can we No Wait did you see I'm a close Or did you see Fabian close Fabian close
1: Sorry, no. no 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 You only had like Two yellow cards Not him uh, Four yellow cards Yeah Four Surprisingly, it's not Sven dog either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but
0: you, ha- you have to play to get a couple of times.
3: Is it a Bielefeld player?
0: Uh,
1: no. No, no. Is it oh. a Coulomb player? Is it a Mainz player?
3: Werder Bremen. Oh. You're just going to the team. <laughs> well, there, we've got like about how many players can we guess here that could go on and on? Well, how many players play the Bidysi game? I don't,
1: Gladbach, uh, Gladbach mm. I don't know
3: Gladbach, Gladbach player. I don't
1: know. i just completely onion. Is that player? a Mainz player? I said it... Mainz player.
0: No,
2: I'll no. give you one. Right, I'll give you one more guess, at a random player, before I say which club it is. So No.
0: Ruda. No. Hmm. No, he plays a Freiburg. Oh, um, Nicholas Hofler. Well done. Uh, <laughs> one
2: point. So Matt Mark, so on two with Ava. Would you like to guess how many he got for a special point?
0: Anyone? Uh eleven. Yes. Twelve. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Three,
1: two, <laughs> like randomly. <laughs> you know
0: that? I eleven. I I just felt like he's been susp- like not watching a lot of Freiburg, but he gets. He reminds me of the kind of player that would definitely get suspended at least more than twice.
1: Yeah, like, I would have said uh, 12 or 13 because I remember that against Bielefeld it was a second suspension. But mm. then he had a couple of teams and uh, games left to, to collect more. So
2: I mean that's that's a lot of uh, to have a season. Um next one. Who covered the most distance?
3: Elias eh, Scary. That was the one I knew. Was it going to be on?
1: I think it's like around 300.
3: I 300- asked that question like weeks ago, didn't I what? Oh, 314 right. 14
1: or something.
3: Whoever's closest, I'll give it to
2: because it's in like kilometers. So 340 something I got there for me.
1: 14, not 40. Matthew? Uh, I'll go
0: 320. And uh, wait, so 340.
2: 398. Oh, 396.2. Two points to call on that. Yeah, <laughs> who had who had the most crosses from open play? Um, no. Nope.
1: Was it was it a Dortmund player?
2: No.
3: Augustinsson. Nope. no Nope. Gunter. Nope.
0: Gunther. nope. Um, is telling.
1: it a voiceful player? Nope. No.
0: They play for Bayern. Mm.
1: <laughs> We're just going to get to <laughs> Dortmund.
2: Is it no. costage? Yep.
1: Ah, yeah, oh. sure. Of course, well
2: done, um, <laughs> Extra point again. How many did he in? Did
0: uh,
1: I think uh, 225 uh, or something like that. Matthew? Uh,
0: I'm going to say like 230. 230? I, I, um, Colin?
3: 256.
0: Even as close
2: as 213. <laughs> <Point three>. mm. <laughs> Who won the most jewels? Just normal jewels.
1: Bataru um, uh, uh, well, Endo.
2: Well done.
3: Uh, and how
1: many <laughs> did we get? I think four hundred and around seventy-five or so. Four hundred and eighty.
3: Four eighty-five. <laughs> he remembers
2: one off. <laughs> it's it's four hundred and seventy-six. <laughs> Ah, well, oh. Eva has just shot onto the lead. She's on five. Last I year, just year. know those
1: two statistics because I know close is second and then one with one yes. then six, eight, four hundred and sixty
2: four. Okay, so we have four left. And like I said, Ava with five, Matt with four, and column three. No, I said that's still like that's really a column three. So anyway, we'll move on. Um <laughs> who had the most recorded sprints of a player?
3: Alfonso Davis. Nope. He hardly played.
1: Mm, I feel this. Is it a Dorman player? I don't remember. No. Oh, yeah,
3: scary. Nope.
1: <laughs> just just <laughs> going to throw as soon as it's some cool. <laughs> kind
2: He wasn't even close in that one.
3: It wasn't close no, he wasn't close. No, I'm saying he wasn't close. No,
2: I'm, not. <laughs> no, I'm going to go with it wasn't close. Um, I think everyone would have not guessed close. <laughs> um. No, I'm got a clue. So I'll give you all a guess of a player before I give you the
3: club. Uh. Alessandro ship? No, 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 no! That's
0: <laughs> <short>. <laughs> what a choice! That was choice. Um, <laughs> c- um Jesus Christ! Ah, uh, worship. <laughs> uh, s- Silas.
1: Ah, uh, he played to to less, I think.
3: Oh dear! Oh no! Oh dear! I just saw that he, he covers a lot of ground. But... Oh, that's you.
2: You've yeah. had this. Um, <laughs> Matthew, do you have one more? Guess?
0: It's not a Uh, Silas Waman Getuka. Nope,
1: and no uh, Jane Sancho. And
2: nope, he plays for Bosburg.
1: Arnold.
0: Nope, Philip. Nope, Schlager? Schlager. Nope,
1: Baku. Um,
2: what Yes, yes, Baku <sighs> I don't know if it's worth guessing How many Baku you got Do you want to guess
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right, we're not going to guess this Because it's a ridiculous number uh, 1061 apparently I don't know how they measure that Is that just from when he stops Like starts the run and stops the run And then he does Who counts that for every player per game That must be a fun job Anyway, so that's won't well, give an extra point for that one Because that's a bit silly Um, Who had the most successful passes from open play? Sosa, Nope. Good shout, though.
0: Goretzka, Nope.
1: Costage again?
0: Nope. Kimmy? Mm. Nope.
3: Homos. Nope.
0: Oh, Ah, uh, um, uh, no. Zula? I'm just picking bomb plays at this point. It's really...
1: Ah, no, no.
0: Oh I even remember looking at the website you can see the player's face
2: genta Nope.
1: oh shit i remember the picture of but i don't know what it
2: was i think i'll give you one more guess again who wants to go first
1: i think i'm pretty sure it was a no
2: was it Evedi? Yes. Do you want to guess his percentage of passes? I think it was ninety-four <laughs> percent. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean this kind of yeah. I'll only give you the one. No, I'll give you two points. You said you got it completely. That's fair. <laughs> just, just like if every percentage, you're obviously to, you're not going to guess forty percent. Like kind of like it's going to be like ninety kind of thing. So fair. Yeah. I'll give you the point. Ava's on eight now. Uh, Matthew's on four, and Collins on three with four points up for grabs. So only Matthew. Oh, Collins, this is the first thing Collins ever lost. Wow. Boy. I don't want
0: to talk about
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a celebratory moment. Wrong jersey. Yes.
2: <laughs> so, last two. Who reached the top speed? Who's the quickest?
0: Oh, is it San just
3: Yeah, well done. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, a, yeah. I think it was 36.34 3, or something
1: like that. No, 37. Really hazard, I guess. <laughs> 36.75. Oh.
2: Oh, shit, sorry. <laughs>
0: I've just helped Matthew. Like, it's not that number. <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention. That's the worst part. So you didn't really give me anything.
2: Oh,
0: that's right. <laughs> one, <laughs> one person was very close. Like 37.1 or
2: something. No, 36.1. Aye. <laughs> I... So Ava was closest. You said like 36.3, didn't you? And then Six. Colin said seven. <sighs> no. Ava Thirty-six. Eva is uncatchable. And... The last one, Damn. I don't think anyone's going to get this last one unless you've looked at the website and you know. Who scored the <laughs> most? What? What? Who scored? Who scored the most on goals? Hinterega. Oh.
0: Was that uh, Akpo Guma? Nope.
2: Hmm. Zetna? Nope.
3: Did <laughs> he was
1: score one? <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's just being
1: cock.
3: Radeski does score an own goal. I think I've Marcus is. No, Zentner. It was the yeah, it was the pass. Yeah, yeah. pass one, um, Mustafi.
0: No, <laughs> he might as well have.
1: <laughs> Thinking of all the own goals this season, yeah. and um, it's very difficult.
2: Yeah, I this was second on the list, and I was like, no, nah, I'm going to skip that and put it last. Um, wh- Maybe give you one more guess each before I say the club name.
1: <sighs>
3: is it Ni- nah.
2: Nietzsche only had one on goal? Ah. right? Hey? Jonathan Ta. Ta. I just have ah. I my like It is not Jonathan Ta. Ah. Um...
0: I nah, got... gonna get this. I'm just trying to think of centre backs, because that's the only logical for me. <laughs> mm. nah I I'm a bit stumped here. Need a hint? Yeah, <laughs> would you like one last guess of a player?
1: Yeah, I, I already sent Mjuzon, but
2: Oh, we'll that. Okay, that's fine. Um, he plays for, and it was funny because when Matthew said it's his first guess, I was like, <gasps> he plays for Hoffenheim.
0: Oh, uh, Kazim Adams. Then. There we go. <laughs> so when you said Af- Akabaguma, I was like, fuck, he's like very, very yeah. good."
2: <laughs> so that, um, would you like to, I'm not going to guess how many on goalie
0: um uh, I'm, I'm going to say the like one or two.
1: No, it has to be two because had to, you had a couple of plays. Yeah,
0: yeah. so uh, two then?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know why uh, Malik Tiao and Sir Set- all the Schalke players are like in the are the start. I don't know if that's a dig at Schalke because everyone else has just got one, but it's just all the Schalke players at the top. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean,
1: yeah.
2: How yeah, many?
1: I mean, that's
2: accumulated just on top. <laughs> five, like the closest team after that is Vida Bremen with three. There's five Schalke players. <laughs> this season. Nice. Sorry, sorry, Matthew. That um, didn't, okay. didn't mean to-, to give you a, wee, you know, a Schalke change there. What? But- well done, Eva. You have won the the quiz this week, definitely. So that's Matthew won one and Eva won another. There's no German football tri- representative beating this weiter Bundesliga podcast yet. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. They are they are the reigning champions. Colin, uh, do you have any words to say? I'm quite disappointed in you, to be
3: honest. Um, like you've, this I is think a- uh, it was best best summed up with the guest of Alessandro Ship. <laughs> yep. Uh, I've, Nothing else, nothing else to say.
1: It's like the, isn't it the Mourinho gif I prefer not to speak? <laughs>
0: <laughs> if I say, if I speak.
3: Well done, enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it where it lasts. Um, so
2: that was, that was fun guys. Um. The Bundesliga, the Tvita the Jota Liga, the land Oberle- it's all, it's all done. <laughs> it's all, it's all gone now. Woo. <laughs> um, that whole season was very long. I'm sure we, uh, we'll we do a season review and I'm sure um, you guys are uh, doing one as well this week, you were saying as well, so I'll, I'll let you say, say that in a minute anyway, but, um, you know, guys, it was good to have you on, Ava and Matt, uh, for this Vital Bundesliga podcast once again, if, I mean, you should already listen to it if you don't already, especially if you listen to us, it makes sense. So if you don't, um, I'll let the, like you definitely should just go go find them on everything. You'll find them and it's great. <laughs> well, oh, well, you guys have your like uh, overall season review coming out soon. Now we've had the playoffs out of the way and uh, everything like that.
1: Yeah, one or two weeks. I think we said something around that. So yeah, around <laughs> mid mid June you can expect a review. But uh, that, yeah, yeah, not and we already know a bit what's going on for next season, and then we can already. A bit into perspective.
0: Excellent.
2: That sounds great. if I'm definitely looking forward to that myself. Anyway, but um, hopefully we'll be able to do something for the next season as well. Uh, we'll see how things go, and hopefully it will be because I think most eyes should be on this Vital Liga next year. Um, so I'm hoping everyone comes to you guys um, and doesn't like just sticks with it goes with the originals, you know, before everyone else jumps on this Vital Liga bandwagon next season. But, you know, it's going to be really interesting next season, so we look forward to doing something again with you guys. It was fun, as always. um, Colin, again, as usual. Nice to see you. We shall do a season preview soon. We're in the midst of trying to organise to get all of us on, which is quite difficult because there's five of us now. Uh, But we're going to try our best to get all five on and see how chaotic that will go. Um, And we'll definitely do at least some sort of, because Scotland qualified, we need to do something to do with them being in the Euros. We'll maybe do a wee preview of Scotland and uh, Germany's chances, but both. I mean both are probably going to be disappointed after three games I think the optimistic Scott and me saying we're going to win this whole tournament but realistic <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so guys uh, hope you enjoyed that that was good fun until then guys we'll see you again soon.